This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. Hey, Beholders, it's your co-host, Dan Gillette, here telling you to buckle up because today, Sean and I will be discussing everyone's favorite topic. That's right, money. We will attempt to learn from Jesus and address the issues from a heart level. So let's dive right in. Here it is, the Behold Podcast. Well, good day, good afternoon, perhaps, good evening. Mm. Whatever the case, let it be known. Today is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and listen to Behold together. Pretty sure that's not what the verse says. But no, close. I, I think... That's a great word, though, for us. Thank you. Because we we often get we often uh, have a hard time rejoicing, don't we? I sure do sometimes. And so, and here's the deal: the day doesn't always have to be all rainbows and sunshine. In fact, today, on this day that we were recording, it's it's quite dreary and and uh, rainy out there. It is in the in the East Bay, but. We still have a great reason to rejoice, and that is because Jesus is awesome. I totally thought you were going to make a football joke right there. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Because the 49ers in the championship. Oh, no, that's funny. That's funny. No, but yeah, we, you know, God God is good and faithful and, and all through the rain and the storm, and and he's worthy of, of beholding. So Amen. thank you for joining us. Today, it's just the... Just the two of us, we're bringing it back to our roots. Wow. And we'd love to tell you that that's intentional, but basically we couldn't find any friends to play with us today. So it's just us in the sandbox. We're all we got. <laughs> yeah. We all we got. But we're glad to be here. I'm I'm happy to be alive. Wow. I'm happy you're alive too. Wow. Speaking of football, <laughs> now that we're where we are for oh. the Packers... Are you rooting for the Niners? Like, what, where are you at with this? Is it too yeah. too fresh still? It is very fresh. And for those of you that don't know, I, my beloved Packers fell just just a, a tad short um, last Saturday. And you know, I gotta admit, I'm a little bummed out, a little bit bummed out. And I shouldn't care so much about it, but I I do. And I think I think. It, you may laugh at me, but it's been it's been a good time of just you know just perspective and reflecting on what really matters and <laughs> and a lot of a lot of just prayer and 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 also some people encouraging me you know like brothers in in Christ who who also care deeply about their sports team and I will say this on Sunday when I came to church I was expecting to kind of get you know berated you and, hard time. and people give me a hard time. But everybody was so kind and gracious, and and there was no gloating, and just a lot of mutual respect and love flowing, wow. and that helped a lot. So to answer your original question, I I actually said halfway through the season, you know, when and the Packers kind of had an up and down season, and I mm-hmm. think it was in one of those downs. I was like, you know what? This year doesn't even really matter because the way the Niners are playing, they're going to win the whole thing. I mean, you could just you could just kind of call it halfway through. It felt like because I didn't think anyone was could could compete with them. Wow. So you know, fast forward, and we're on the 
the doorstep of the of the Super Bowl, and there's four teams left. The Niners are one of those teams. So yeah, I mean, I'd like to see him go go all the way. It they've got a lot of likable characters on the team. It's they're fun to root for, and I have a lot of good friends that that are fans, and so it, it'd be fun to see them go all the way. So I wouldn't necessarily say I'm 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 rooting for the Niners, but I would I would be fine if they <laughs> if they won the Super Bowl. You begrudgingly yes. are okay with them winning. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, that's great. And I, I love you sharing about being encouraged. And also, like, you don't have to give the disclaimer not to make fun of you. You know, football is a big deal to a lot of people. And I know how vested you are and you right. follow the players and stats and stuff. And I, on in one hand, it's just like anything else. Football right. can be a really healthy tool that can be used to... Uh, promote fellowship, right? Right. And unity and camaraderie and all that kind of stuff. You can, can teach lessons to your kids, that kind of stuff. Or it can be a tool that totally makes like saps of men, right? <laughs> right, <laughs> all they do, right. You know? Um, but just like anything else, actually, not that unlike something else, money. Ooh. Money can be a tool for the good or for the bad, as we were reminded on Sunday by Mr. Charlie Meg. Isn't that right? That was an expert level transition that wow. you just made. Um, not to point it out, but yeah, Charlie did a great job taking us through, uh, you know, potentially prickly passage in Luke, and it's you know we're we're in this section in in, in our series, uh, glimpses of glory, the Gospel of Luke, where Jesus is telling all these parables, and and that was one of the one of the ways he he liked to teach, and yeah, he's 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 really uh, addressing some some uncomfortable issues because they are near and dear to our heart and they they force us to to look in the, in the mirror and really evaluate and we can like you said Sean we can really get sideways and have just a very worldly perspective when it comes to to money and wealth and and God is he cares deeply about uh, those issues and it's clearly seen just in Jesus's teaching. He talks about about money and, and wealth and and what what our heart posture is before the Lord with regards to those issues wow. so much. So Luke sixteen one through eighteen, that's what Charlie covered, and and I, I found it to be very challenging, a very helpful passage and teaching. And I know one of the things that is near and dear to your heart, Sean, is just. Just the the issue of um, how Jesus wants us to use our wealth, and you know one of the things that st- that I was thinking as Charlie was going over this, because you may be like like me where you 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 hear the word wealth and you're like, well, I'm not I'm not included in this because <laughs> you know I'm paycheck to paycheck or sure. you know I've I'm I'm just barely eking by in the in the Bay Area, and a little bit of perspective when you zoom out. I mean, just the fact that we live in in America means that we're we're in the top percentages of wealth in the world oh, for comparatively, sure. right? For sure. And obviously, it's a sliding scale, and some would say there's a there's a really big gap between those that are rich and those that are not rich. And certainly, some of those things can be looked at and are true. But the fact of the matter is, we all have some type of wealth. And Jesus has very specific designs on how we are to think and feel and act, you know, with, with regards to that wealth. And 
I know for me, it was just a, it was a great challenge to think gen- generously about wh- what God's blessed me with. And to even, you know, anytime Jesus talks about money, it's, it's just a great opportunity to realize, okay, well, where does this money come from? <laughs> where does, where, where did, did I, do I own this money or am I a steward of this money? And yeah. I know that that is something that's really important to you. So like, what are some things you want to share just with regards to, you know, Jesus's perspective about our money and, and how generosity plays into that? Yeah, for sure. Well, in case anyone missed it, like this section of chapter 16 of Luke, Jesus gives the parable of this dishonest manager mm-hmm. and long story short, like he gets in some heat with his manager. So he, then he goes and he does some things that are kind of cunning and kind of sly uh, that you'd expect him to be like in trouble for, but mm. then Jesus says, "Oh no, that his his master actually commends him for the things he did." And then Jesus turns around and says, "Look, if even these worldly, sly people can be so cunning and shrewd with money, how much more so should you people be cunning and shrewd and intentional with your money and resources and wealth for the kingdom of God?" Right. It's a trial I really dove into just those ways that we're supposed to use money intentionally for the benefit of the kingdom. Yeah. All those things in line with what you just said of we're stewards. This is God's money. Every penny we've been given has been given from the father for a specific mission. Right. Yeah. And when we say those words, it really clarifies things, you know, but like you said, it's too easy to get caught up in just the hustle and bustle and the pursuit of things that we would say are good things, you know, like financial security and retirement and paying for my kids football, whatever it is, like all these things are good things. But as we pursue those things, it's just so easy to lose perspective. Right. But what were you gonna say? No, I just, I was going to say absolutely. absolutely. (laughs) So easy. (laughs) But you know, asking that question, just that that simple reminder, this is God's money. I think really can clarify things because if we all ask ourselves that every single time we bought something, you know, that reminder of this is God's money. Does he want me to buy this? You know, I would probably have less nice stuff, to be honest, right? Mm. I think I've been guilty of not doing that process many times, like like all of us probably. Yeah. Um, and so it's, just, it's important for all of us to remember that. And again, it's not this isn't a rich thing, right? This is a anybody who is alive who, who trusts God. They have been given resources to steward. You know, some more than others for sure, but still, all of us we fall in that boat. And so, one of the points that stuck out to me as Charlie was talking uh, along those lines of stewardship is. Um, just that, that, that point of making friends, that's one of the things that Jesus says. He says, well, what does that look like? What are we supposed to do? He says, I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, which just means worldly wealth so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwelling. So what Jesus is saying is, Hey, if God gives you money, you use that money to make friends so that they can be impacted eternally and spiritually. Right. And I love that idea. But then as I'm thinking about what that really looks like. It just, it it was fascinating to me really thinking about, okay, but how does someone use money to make friends? You know, Mm -hmm. you're not going on the sidewalk, like five bucks, be my friend. (laughs) Right. Right. right, right. Um, and I think it just, it speaks to just a certain heart and way of life that Jesus really hits throughout the book of Luke that is just different than the world, you know? And, and if we apply that same, like, for example, this last year of my life, I've felt more, financially uh, burdened 
or I should say that's, that's the wrong phrasing. I felt more burdened to be a good steward of my finances than ever in my life, mm. you know, and I'm frequently looking at spreadsheets for planning and retirement and all these different things, you know, because I want to not misstep, you know, yeah. I want to give what I ha- take, what I have and try to multiply as much as possible yeah. for the benefit of my family, you know, and we say that and it sounds great, but it's like, but what is the end goal of that? Is it God's glory and his kingdom? Or is it for me to be able to take my 4% withdrawal when I retire, right? Yeah. Or is it me to be able to afford the crazy house prices here in the Bay Area, you know? And again, all those things, nothing about those things are evil. All those things may be totally what God needs from you in order for you to serve this community effectively, right? But it's just the heart and the motives behind it. And so one of the things as I've been thinking about my own financial perspective lately and then in line with this making friends thing is like, what does it mean to be generous? You know, what does it look like to be generous? I think that's what it's really getting at is how do you use money to make friends? You you give and you be generous to them in a way that is totally different than what the world expects. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, it's so good. And like like anything that Jesus teaches, he's he's wanting first and foremost to address the heart. And then the the obedience, the external obedience it will will flow out of that. Yeah. The particulars will flow out of that. And that's why I think, you know, Jesus doesn't go and say, all right, let me give you, you know, a hundred examples of how you can do this. Right. Right. He, he talks about where's, where's your heart with this thing. And, you know, whatever it is you're treasuring, if you're treasuring money, well, then you're going to fight like heck to keep as much of it as you can. And you're not going to, be open-handed with it and, and use it for kingdom purposes. Yeah. You're going to try to hoard it and, and build it and grow it and spend it on your own, your own comfort. But like in verse 13, if, if we, cause he basically says, if what he's basically asking you, like, what do you treasure? What do you love supremely? No servant can serve or no servant can serve two masters. He'll hate one and love the other or will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So it's like, do you do you have this love of of your money and your wealth, or do you have a love of God that will motivate you to to overflow to, towards others, right? Yeah. And think about others. And you think about Jesus. You know, Jesus was asked, "What's what's the greatest commandment?" And and he answers in Matthew twenty two. He says. Love the Lord God with all your heart and all your soul, with all your mind. That's the first one. And then the second one is, like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And he basically says you can sum up everything that, that the Bible teaches. Everything that is important to God can be summed up in that. And so it's like, what, what, do you, what are you loving? Are you loving your stuff and your wealth? Because that's going to lead you to down a certain path. But if we, if we are loving God supremely and, and loving the neighbors that God has put around us as an overflow of that, then that question of how, how, what does it look like to be generous? I really think it'll just, it'll just happen. You know, like we don't need to really teach that much on it. Sure. We can give ideas and inspire people and we can learn from each other, but, but it's just going to, it's just, if we get the principle, right that heart level, like, what do I love supremely? If we get that right, then the generosity will just, will just 
be an overflow from that, don't you think? Oh, for sure. And I'm so glad you brought that up, just that passage about not being able to serve two masters. Because like a lot of times when we bring up money in church, it feels uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, we it feels like, oh, uh-oh. we can't get those like alarm signals. Sure. And why do we feel that way? Unfortunately, I really think it's because we want to be able to serve two masters. Mm. We want to be able to say, no, I love God with all my heart, but also I do love what money is going to secure for me. Right. You know, it well, and also of- I think too, like before you unpack that, I think also there's, there's been a, sadly a lot of people in the name of God or yeah, a lot of abuse who, yeah. who have, who have basically pilfered money from, from good intentioned people that want to serve and honor God or they, or maybe they've been sold a, a false bill of goods. It's like, hey, if you give this money, then you're going to get tenfold. Oh, for sure. You know? And so many of these guys, I mean, some of them are just straight up evil and false teachers, right? Right, right. But a lot of them, I would like to think, they do love God. Right. But they also want to love money. They're trying mm-hmm. to serve two masters in these positions. And yeah. we try to be, faith, be faithful, not do that. But anyways, it's like, dude, you, you can't. There's, there's no scenario where that works out for you. It reminds me of, I was listening to a podcast this morning from a, famous Christian financial, I'll just say Dave Ramsey. Listen to Dave, Dave Ramsey <laughs> it's like, who else guest. could he be talking about? <laughs> yeah. And you know, I, I listen to his stuff a lot and I like him. Uh, I like his stuff, but he frequently says a phrase that kind of drives me crazy. And what he says is he's talking about like saving and stewarding and like doing radical stuff. He says, live like no one else so that you can live like no one else. Right. Okay. And the first one he's talking about, like I said, like make sacrifices, sell your car, sell yeah, your truck, do like, things all this extreme, stuff, you know? Yeah. The second one, he's talking about two things. He sa- he says he does say this like so you can give and be generous like no one else. That's what li- you know. Yeah. But then he also like kind of underly implies like so you can buy that super nice car. You yeah, know? yeah. So you can like so you can live it up like no one else. You know. <laughs> and he says it all the time. It's like, dude, you were halfway right. You know, because mm. I, I again nothing wrong with you enjoying what God has given you. But we can't let that be our mantra of I aim to live like no one else so that I can soak it up and live the good life. You know, right. I wish that that was just the phrase instead was live like no one else so that you can give like no one else. Mm, you know, I love because that. that living like no one else, as people look at that, that's supposed to reflect something. That's supposed to reflect a life on the inside that is like nothing else, right? And so if we're trying to save and steward so that we can end up with a life that looks like everyone else. When I'm talking about the stacked house and the retirement funds or whatever, right. have we accomplished the goal of stewarding for the kingdom? Mm. I'm convinced not, yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, and it's such a trap because I mean, what a, what a little rebuke, you know, by, by, by Luke here in verse 14. So the Pharisees who were listening to this, right? He, he says, they heard all these things, but in between that, he gives a little, little sub, sub, uh, you know, sub you guys. <laughs> yeah. He says the Pharisees who were lovers of money heard all these things and ridiculed Jesus. And you just think about these religious leaders who, who made a vow to, to shepherd the people of God, to, to care for and feed and protect, right? They, got so twisted and sideways that they were, they were uh, taking the law of the Lord and abusing it. Right. We see, we see this type, this, this abuse of, of like, Hey, you, you can just get divorced anytime you want. Right. Like Charlie unpacked that, that Jesus was using that as an example. Like, look, this is, this is something that 
was written in the law um, as a provision and kindness of God, and you've totally abused it and taken it out of context and used it for your own for your own good. And as Charlie was teaching that, I couldn't help but think of this um, passage in First Timothy where Paul says the the love of money is a is a root of all kinds of evil. So yeah. it's First Timothy chapter six verse ten, and and just in that whole section. Um, again, it's a, it's an interesting parallel because he's basically talking about false teachers who ha- are are taking the truth of God and corrupting it, and you see all these really negative types of things. You know, there's there's fighting and controversy, there's envy, slander, uh, evil suspicions. You know, there's um, uh, he says there's friction and and uh, de- people with depraved minds and depra- de- depraved deprived the truth. You know, and just all this nastiness. Um, and, and then he gets into this idea of like just falling into the, to the temptation, the, the snare he calls it mm. of loving money and plunging others into ruin and destruction with you. And he says, these people, they've wandered away from the faith. And he says, they and pierce themselves right with many pangs. Right. And so it's like, who are, if this could happen to religious leaders, if this could happen to people who, who are supposed to be doing the right things, then we'd be fools to think that we could not be in, in, trapped and ensnared by the, by the love of money. Yeah. And, and even in a pursuit like of like, Oh, I want to, I, I want to acquire all this wealth so I can be generous. You know, it's like, I don't know how many times, you know, it's, it's kind of a trope, but like how many times, like, and sorry if there's any lawyers listening, but where it's like, you go to law school, you take on all this debt and you're, and, and, you know, you go in with this like idealistic view, like I want to work for a nonprofit. I want to do like social justice. I want to go to the third world and like help people and, and, you know, but then you graduate law school and you've got all this all this like debt. And so you're like, so I'm going to work five years in the firm. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to do all the billable hours and really gain. But then once I pay everything off, I'm going to go like to the mission field and, and yeah. use my law degree for Jesus, you know? And it's like, does it happen? It's a trap well, dude, I, because, like, because you kind of get in that, in that flow, you know, yeah. and, and, and you get used to seeing that, that paycheck. You and know? I think that what you see in that first Timothy passage is like, it's, de- it's deceiving that, mm-hmm. that path, it, it lies to you. It tricks you, right. you know, and saying along those same lines, I know several people in my life, close friends, several of whom are like, you know, they wanted to pursue a well-paying career path. And a huge part of their reasoning behind it was so I can give to the church so right. I can support ministry so I can do X, Y, or Z, you know, totally fast forward 10 years. Are they doing that? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Their house is super nice. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Are they hosting people? Are they, you know what I mean? And maybe, and that's between them and God. But like the point totally. is, it's not our job to like look at our left and right people and be like, are you giving enough? You know, mm-hmm. again, it goes back to the heart. And, totally. and I think like what you read about that greatest commandment is such a good just place to park ourselves because this actually happened in the book of Luke with Jesus mm-hmm. talking to the Pharisees, right? He says, Oh, what's the greatest commandment? And they're able to quote it back. They say it back. But then when he finishes, you know, you love the, you love God with everything you have and love your neighbors as yourself, the little mm-hmm. attachment to that. right? Yeah. Yeah. And so a lawyer asks, well, what does that mean? Right. To love your neighbors yourself. And the picture Jesus gives is not one that they like, you know, mm-hmm. I think what they were expecting to hear is like, Oh, buy your fellow Pharisees lunch every once in a while and back and forth, you <laughs> sure, know, or like, sure. you know, but instead Jesus gives this radical picture of, of someone in great need physically, financially, and someone coming to help them in a way that like goes totally beyond what cultural expectations were of them. Mm-hmm. 
super radical picture. And that picture that he gives is like, they gave generously to them. All that they had, they gave to them, expecting nothing back, yeah. right? And they, they were happy to do that. And so when you see that picture from the mouth of Jesus attached to this commandment of the greatest commandment, love the God all you, all you have, it's like, man, is that how I would characterize my life right now? Wow. Is that how I would characterize my heart right now? Yeah. You know, because, and I'm going to say this this Sunday here at the crossing is like, we are all sufferers of the human condition. Part of which is we're just, we love being box checkers, you know? Mm -hmm. So I love being a box checker. Where I can say, yeah, I bought my friend lunch this week or I tithe to the church this week. So I'm good, you know? Yeah. Versus what Jesus is really getting at is no, you are meant to have a heart and a perspective that goes totally against the grain of the world, yeah, you know, and, and for sure we expect, and Jesus promises things about that, that as you do that, God's going to support you and provide for you and bless you just as you need to be blessed to, to fulfill that mission. Right. But to do that, is that your motive and that your heart? And so I want to say it again for clarity. Mm -hmm. If you're listening to this podcast and you are dirt poor, this is for you. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. if you listen to this podcast and you are stinking rich, this is for you. Right. For all of us, the mission is the same and the heart should be the same. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just to, just to be clear, we, it's also easy for this whole conversation to, to not be balanced and, and to, to produce guilt and, and to all of a sudden it's like, we look at all, all, all of the things God's blessed us with. And yeah. we're like, I got to get rid of all of this. I got to sell it and <laughs> give it all the money to the poor, you know? And I, I wouldn't worry about that. If you're listening, I, I would, I would do your best to avoid that type of thinking and really just focus on the principles that, that Jesus is teaching here. And the first and foremost principle is, it's the principle that, that everything else flows out of. And that's just loving God supremely. Mm -hmm. Just love your, your father in heaven above anything else, above any other pursuit and develop that experiential knowledge of, of him as your father and everything else just will, will flow out of that. And, you know, one of the phrases that I've, I use a lot when I'm talking to people is kind of, we can only have one supreme love. And then in a, in a beautiful ordered way, we have lesser loves that fall under that. Sure. And those are totally appropriate, right? It's totally appropriate for me to love Emily and for me to love my kids and for me to love football and for me to love music and golf and whatever. It, but only if my my supreme love is set on my master and my father, the living God, because it's only with that on the top of the pile, <laughs> will everything else be healthy and safe and ordered? Yeah. Well, and the thing too, like in that picture, all those other loves have to be under the umbrella of your love of God, mm -hmm. right? For each one of those things, when it comes to your wife and your right. family, and they're, your, they're your like hobbies. overflows expressions yeah. of my love. Of and God. I think in all of those, whether we're talking about friendships or whether we're talking about money or your time, I think all those, as long as you're really doing, asking yourself that question, 
God, how do you want me to, to use mm-hmm. this? How do you want me to exist in this for the benefit of your kingdom? Mm-hmm. You know, then I think you're all right. Yeah. <laughs> you're I received this. I received this Ferrari as a gift, yeah. you know, uh, from God. Thank you, Lord, what for a, this manna from heaven. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. And, you know, another thought that kind of came up as you were, you know, just talking about, I got, I can't remember when, but just the whole discussion of love, right? Um, <laughs> I can't help but think about John chapter 15 where oh, you were talking about being like the, the, the radical generosity, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that Jesus is like, Hey, what does it actually look like to love your neighbor as yourself? Right. In John 15, Jesus says, there's, there's a, let me tell you what the greatest like act of love is. Right. Mm-hmm. And he says, greater love has no one than this. Then he, someone lay down his life for his friends. Yeah. And obviously Jesus is foreshadowing his death and he's saying, I'm going to give and be generous with the most precious thing I have. And I'm going to, and I'm doing that because I love, I love the world. You know, I love, I love you. And man, it's, that really puts things in perspective for me because I don't know, like, and I've heard, I've heard this said before, you know, like if, um, God loves a cheer, cheerful giver for sure. And and that's the idea of like just this joyful rejoicing. Like I want, I want to share what I have with you because um, I'm, I'm so full of love, yeah. <laughs> you know, but also something I've wrestled with myself is, you know, if I'm not, if it doesn't hurt a little, <laughs> you know, is it really an offering is if it doesn't, if it doesn't, uh, put me on the, on the edge of faith a little. Yeah. Is it, is it really a gift, you know? Amen. Um, and, and so obviously the cross is like such an extreme example of, of giving that, that really hurt, you know, and, and really was just generous in, in, in the most, um, just amazing way. And man, like, I think it, it's a sobering thought when I think about just how I, the type of giving that I do, is it, you know, it falls short of that, obviously. Well, for all of us. Yeah. yeah often. <laughs> uh, but the prayer is, and the hope is that as you consult the Holy Spirit and love the Lord, that those times become fewer and fewer. Right. right? Uh, and actually that's a great full circle moment, Dan, in the John 15 thing, because that passage is like the same thing we just read about. What, 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 God desires is unity with him, the yeah. divine, right? With mm-hmm. Jesus and with one another, loving one another, right. right? Which is the second half of that. And then he attaches that phrase in the middle that says, I'm telling all this to you so that my joy will be in you mm-hmm. and so that your joy will be complete, right? right? And what he's saying is like, if you do this, if you really love one another and have this kind of fellowship, there's going to be a joy in you that's unlike any other joy. Mm-hmm. Which to go back to this text now of like, well, what does Jesus say about money? Use it to make friends. I just think about, man, could it be that there is a type <laughs> of living when it comes to our resources or time, our money, our wealth? You know, remember, it's not just money. We're talking about all the resources God has given you. Could it be there's a way of living in, in which I have friends like no one else does. And I have a joy like no one else does. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm pointing people towards the Savior like no one else does because of how faithful I am with what God has given me. Yeah. What a great, what a great challenging thing for us to think about. And there's so much to wrestle through. And 
if you're listening and you're part of VBC faith family, or if you're listening and, and you maybe you don't have any kind of community, my encouragement to you would be lean on the people in your life that you trust. And, you know, we, we obviously don't want to broadcast like Charlie was like, how, how weird would it be if, if we like, you know, blasted a horn when every time we like, you know, gave written, wrote a check to the church, you know, like and announced <laughs> it like, Hey, look at me. You know? So we obviously, there, there's a private aspect to this. It's, it's secret. It's between you and the Lord, but also, you know, don't be afraid to, to, to chat about it with a trusted friend or in your small group and, and share some of the difficulties that you may be facing. Why am I, why am I wrestling with this? Why am I struggling with this? And what are the questions I have? This, this is something that you don't have to wrestle with alone. So, you know, reach out to us, reach out to a trusted friend or someone in your small group and, and, you know, just trust the Lord will, will give you wisdom. Amen. Yeah. I'm going to say this again on Sunday, but man, we don't have to be taboo about money, you know. Jesus talks about money a lot. And so as a church family, we should aim to talk about money just as much as Jesus does. No more. Yeah. No less. Yep. And always through the correct perspective like he does of the heart, right? But if we're inside of that, then man, this is what friendship and family is. Let's talk about it, right? Yep. I love it. All right, guys. We love you dearly. Thank you for being generous with your time, beholders. Wow, that was a good tie-in. And we just we love you guys and we keep making this show as often as the Lord allows because we know you're out there. And you, when you guys send us that text or you offer that encouragement on a Sunday morning or when we hear from you that you enjoyed it, it's, uh, it's such a unifying and encouraging thing. So thanks for journeying, journeying with us. And uh, we pray that the Lord uses this to edify you and build you up. Amen. Get out there and live like no one else. Oh, so you can give like no one else. There we go. Take hey, that. <laughs> could you imagine? What if uh, What if Dave Ramsey comes, uh, you know, and he like sues us for copyright infringement? That would stink. <laughs> <laughs> or like, or like he's like, you guys are def- You guys are. Uh, what is it? Slander. Or, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yep. Okay, well, don't hey, don't, don't tell us. don't tell Dave everybody. <laughs> don't sue us. We're just a, a meager little podcast here. All right, guys, we're done. If you're still listening, you're amazing. You're the real one. Wow. Peace and love. Bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.